<laughs> how, how long has it been Sorry. since we recorded one of these things? Three years? Oh, yeah, and we were only able to watch one David Lynch movie for the, the entire time. God, that's hell. Yeah, it's going to be one of those episodes, folks. Yeah, even, I hate to admit it, but I felt it this time. I feel like the David Lynch movies we have watched to date were okay. They had some sort of beginning, middle, and end, some sort of plot. Some... This one, nothing. Ugh. Yeah. Like genuine pain. This hurt. Yeah. This one really fucking hurt. This movie cost four million dollars to make. Can you believe that? And it was all shot on a camcorder. <laughs> yeah, I can. Because, like, he'd just go, oh, yeah, now we're going to go to I mean, Poland to film <laughs> some weird shit that has nothing to do with anything else. Easily one million was just for the William H. Macy cameo. Naturally. And it was worth it. It was the best part of the movie. Probably. It had its moments, but if a movie's three hours long, it better have its fucking moments. <laughs> well, we got a few things to cover. First, yep. um, we went to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did, remember? We did that, and then we were going to record, and then... Huh, well, here we are. Here we are. We did it. It was pretty good. It was not bad. Fancy Steakhouse. I've, I've probably had better, but it was nice. It's, I have had it, better, but it was solid. Um, um, I did, it did give me the poops. Yeah, Jabri got the poops, too. I did not get the poops, though. I had a, a frantic walk home. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did kind of drop you in a weird spot in yeah. the dark. <laughs> we did some wandering. Who would close an arcade at 8 p.m., you wonder? The city of Philadelphia, that's who. <laughs> Add it to the list of grievances for this episode. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you people. Um, I did a fun little thing when we went. So, I think a night or two before, I I was drinking, and I thought it would be so charming if, when I made the reservation, I had drinks waiting for us at the table. So I did that. I wrote in the thing, if there could be two lemonades and one Manhattan waiting, because the two, two of you are not drinking at the moment, and I am. And then when we arrived, they were like, oh, let me just make sure the table's ready, and I was like... That seems weird. There's a lot of open tables here. And then when we got there, there were just drinks. And I was like, I got myself a little surprise. A pleasant surprise. That was, that was nice. So next time you go out to eat, listener, call ahead, no matter where. Yeah. Go on to Popeye's, let them know you want a strawberry lemonade. And an old-fashioned. <laughs> and an old-fashioned. <laughs> on the table, waiting for you. <laughs> next time you go to Arby's. <laughs> I, w- I want a... Um, horsey wide wait no what would it be a pickle i I think that works a pickle pickleback so horsey back there we go want a horsey i love horsey sauce shot of whiskey shot of horsey sauce yeah just with like a a roll of like sliced roast beef in it what part of the horse do you think they make that out of (laughs) i mean the roast beef (laughs) anyway so we did that um Laura Dern has a podcast, apparently, she's working on. Do we know what it is? I it's I think it's with her friend. There's not really any information that I could find. I also didn't look that hard. But... Yeah, don't listen to it. Yeah, listen to this one. We are the official Laura Dern podcast for four more episodes. And after that, go back and listen to the back catalog. Do it again. We're going to re-edit every episode and re-release it. <laughs> listen to them in reverse. We've got a lot of clues. Yeah, it's an audible podcast. She like signed a contract, so Stop she's probably promoting big her. money. I'm sorry. She doesn't need it, also, future goop queen. She, she is speaking at a um, business event that our mutual friend Neil is going to. Wait, what? I don't know if he's going, but like it's for his company, and she is going to be like the speaker to talk about like about do- Ponzi do- donation systems or yeah, whatever he works. It's in. happening. God, so we're gonna sneak it. Let it be known. We're gonna meet her. Hundred percent sure she is turning into a, a grifter. I could see it. What? What if? Watch it. The black turtlenecks start coming on. What her if? Voice gets deeper. The week after we release our last episode, shit breaks wide open, and like, yeah, she like jumps off a bridge because she can't handle all of the stuff that's mm, falling. They into never place. do. They yeah. never do. No, hey, they, Secretariat they fight did. To the end. Secretariat killed herself? <laughs> yeah. What? She bet on herself in the race and they, they caught her and they they banned her from horse racing and she parked her parked her car in the middle of a, a, a bridge factory. and just right off. <laughs> the bridge that runs over the glue factory. 
right into the vat. That's what they do. They just, you can lead a horse to a glue vat. <laughs> and then you push it in. Well, <laughs> speaking of wanting to kill oneself. We have one more thing. Okay. One more Laura Dern news. The rest we can talk okay. about later. Um, Her Bob died. Her dog. Her dog Bob. Her dog Bob. Bob dog died. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Bob. Yeah. Well, she she already has a new dog. Or she has other dogs. I don't know. I feel like they kind of knew this was coming. He looks very haggard in the pictures she shared on Instagram. <laughs> he looks like a dog that was kept alive through the miracles of celebrity money. <laughs> <laughs> he already looks taxidermy. But... God bless him. I think I think it happened actually like the night we were at Roots Chris. So that was technically a memorial dinner. Yeah. We ate some red meat to celebrate that dog. Those cows died for you, Bob. God bless him. RFP. Okay, well let's can we let's bang this out in like twenty minutes and then we can talk about fun stuff. Oh, I'm gonna draw this no, out as long as we fucking can. Okay. David Lynch. I will I'll start with for our our longtime listeners may recall back in episode one, the and very first uh, episode, we were so young. I had to watch Full of Life. the deleted scenes for this movie. Uh, the movie is Inland Empire. I don't know if we said it. Don't watch it. Yeah. It's free on YouTube. Not worth it. For a reason. <laughs> and <laughs> watching the deleted scenes, I was so angry because it was so disjointed and nonsensical. And. And it's like, this is what didn't make the cut. And I remember being like, maybe if I see the whole movie, it, like, will make sense. And that, I won't hate that as much. Mm -hmm. That was not the case. That was very wishful thinking. Um, This movie is mind-boggling. We're really going to struggle to try to explain any of it, I think. Um, And I'll, I'll just... Put it in Nick's court to, uh, um, to tell the listener what we've got here. I'm just going to start the first 12 minutes. I, first of all, thought this was the wrong movie because I had hope. Um, <laughs> and the first 12 minutes, I was like, this is something you would watch on a, a boxy old television in an art museum gallery. Yeah. Just like it was a woman crying watching a staticky television, but that television was also playing a bunch of miniature... Men in felt rabbit suits that were filmed to look miniature, and they were having a a meaningless conversation. And then there were some people speaking Russian with no subtitles. I didn't care to look up what they were saying, because I'm sure it had nothing to do with the story. Even if it did, I don't care. Yeah, what story? So yeah, that's that's the first 12 minutes. (laughs) Right there. Um, I guess... I don't even know. The first real anything is like... A, a a Russian woman that looks like a tiny, like, tin soldier version of Ma- Maggie Thatcher <laughs> knocks on a well door. Well said. She is very disconcerting in, like, you know, one of the few areas I'll give Lynch credit is, like, having jarring-looking people. Like, you know the housekeeper in Get Out? Like, the faces she made? Yeah. That was her face the entire time. Just, like, very, like, smiling with all her teeth and eyes wide open. Big and, like, eyes and a large head. She, like, knocks on the door of a mansion and, like, this this old man butler opens it. And then, then we see Laura Dern for the first time with a confused face. She's gonna have this face the entire movie, so get ready. Can I share a, a quote oh. I found on the internet? Oh, please. Um, because Dern is very good in this movie. I will give that credit where it's due. This line from some blog. I went into another rabbit hole trying to find what others have to say about this film. Um, quote, Dern's face precisely reflects the experience of being trapped inside a David Lynch script. <laughs> and they meant it in like a positive no, I disagree. Like, that's exactly what she was doing. She was, too. But, uh, uh. And Anyway, then, we got the I weird mean, neighbor. We got so she, like, comes in thatch. to introduce herself. Laura Dern lives in an extravagant mansion, which, like, doesn't look like a house Laura Dern would live in, which is, like, the first thing I thought. And then I was like, is she playing herself, maybe? Because, like, 
I don't know. She so we learned she is playing an actress. Yes. She is an actress. Aren't we all for now. <laughs> and her husband, I don't recall what he does, but he's very powerful, we yes. later learn. So like perhaps even more adding to the extravagance of this mansion. Um and this neighbor comes in and at first it's very friendly. I actually really liked this scene. Yeah. Um at- at first she's friendly, and then it gets... It, but she's a little off, and it's kind of like, Hey, I'm a neighbor, I wanted to say hello. Which is weird when you live in, like, a super mansion. Like, someone, like, yeah. strolling the grounds to get up to the door. And then the neighbor <coughs> starts asking, Oh, I heard you're up for an interesting role. And she's like, Yeah, uh, you know, fingers crossed. And the woman says... The neighbor says that, she's like, oh, this film will have a brutal fucking murder. <laughs> and at this point, it's getting very dark, and Dern's getting more uncomfortable, and, and this may, woman's getting creepier. May I mention that the camera angles as this scene continues crank closer and closer to the forehead of this woman. Yes. By the end of it, you know, it is almost filming straight down on her yes. face. And it it's is. like a six head. She has a yes. very large forehead. Um, and she's like this ominous basically like gypsy witch is the the vibe we get and the film's words not mine i know it's not politically correct yes and like it becomes perhaps a point of this film that the movie they are making the what happens in quote-unquote real life in the film is actually shots of the movie they're making and like when the director is explaining the movie he specifically says like this is an old gypsy witch folk tale yeah, so she yeah. she reveals... Quoteth the lynch. <laughs> Correct. Um, and Gypsy Woman ominously suggests that Dern owes an unpaid bill that perhaps she, you know, has to pay the piper for something, for getting this role, perhaps. And the scene ends, she goes, if, if you were... And Dern at this point is like, get out, gets very angry. If you were, to, if it were tomorrow, you'd be sitting over there. And she points at a couch on the other side of like this circle of couches. And then now, the neighbor's gone, and Dirt is on that couch with her friends. Presumably, it is now tomorrow. And she gets the part. She does. Yay! She yells her husband's name. But when she when she's answering the phone, like it sounds like she's in pain. <laughs> like the way she just screams into the phone. Yeah. But then it becomes celebration very quickly. But like, it's a little, yeah, it's a little odd, a little off. <laughs> Something nutty about that, David Lynch. <laughs> I say it. Um. So then, then they're rehearsing for the film, mm-hmm. and the director reveals the secret about the film. There, all the actors are excited, and the director says, "Actually." the producers here were remaking an unfinished film and it wasn't finished because the two leads were murdered just like that orson welles movie <sighs> and the film is based on this is where we learn a polish gypsy folk tale <gasps> the screwdriver oh, no. and the bum i don't know hole in a vaginal wall we'll get there oh yes we will um so like there's one table read and at one point um william no excuse me no we're not there yet um they go on this weird late night show her and her male co-star and it's hosted by just an older woman which is odd because you know there's not many older women in late night television and she's not like beautiful i would say yeah, she has. Like I mean, a, she's a Lynch person. She she looks like the kind of person that would host a David Lynch late night yes. show, and it's just very odd. Like it, it's it's set in the style of like an old older like a pre John like a Johnny Carson pre Johnny Carson yeah before like, Carson like old really radio show which of course William H Macy plays the announcer on the NBC mic leaning in. And that's all of the Betty and Florence show. Yep, it's very good. Um. And so we learn a bit about her and her co-star. Yes. 
Um, who is it? I watched this like almost a month ago, and I'm like grateful that so much has left my is mind. It, is it Justin Theroux? Was it that or who played? Who's Jeremy Irons? Is that her husband? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Jeremy Irons is one of those names I never actually knew who he was. Yeah, like I don't know what he looks like. Um, I think it's Justin Theroux. That's it. Yeah, he's a um, dude. Yeah, he's a hot dude. And this actor is a notorious hot dude for sleeping with his co-stars. Ooh. And Duran's like, nothing's gonna happen, but like the press all like kind of wants there to be. And then he's he's backstage like in the green room with his his bros, I guess, and they're like, man, stay off of her. Her husband will cut your dick off. Yeah. And he's like, she's not my type. And then one of the guys, I, what does he say? She does got a nice ass, though. She does got a nice ass. I feel like classic Lynch. I. I like, I feel like that's how David Lynch sees, like, human sex. I don't imagine he has human sexuality. I imagine that's how he perceives it. Like, him writing that line was like, yeah, that's what a person would say. It is strange. Like, hearing... Does I watched he... a little bit, like, an interview with him um, you... about this. I gave myself more Lynch. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he's he's almost childlike, like, in a naive way. I mean, he's sort of, like, whimsical, almost like the Dalai Lama. I could imagine that Which he is strange is. given the, like, grotesque subject matter. How many children do you think he has? Either zero or at least 13. Four. Oh. That's, alright, that's on the larger side these days. That's, you know. I, like, just thinking about it, I was like, I could not imagine him having kids, but I guess he has four kids. They're not real. Come on. Yeah. No, they're, they're just weird headless taxidermy deer that he keeps in his kitchen. <laughs> he pours a little cereal in every hole. Yeah, all the morning. freaky rabbit people. Those are David Lynch's kids. I can see. He it. fucks rabbits. Have you ever seen that thing about like someone he... said fuck like rabbit? <laughs> and you like misheard it. Fuck. He's like, wait, rabbits. wait, I just got an idea. Have you ever seen that like Woody Woodpecker interview with him? No. He was like, <laughs> what does that it, mean? It's this longer section of like spoken word from I think an interview, and he like he talks about how he's in a gas station somewhere in like the woods, and he found three Woody Woodpecker stuffed animals, and he like bought them because he was like, I need these in my life; they're perfect. And then like he, as the interview goes on, he says like our relationship became very dark and intertwined, and I had to leave them at a certain point in my life. Like it's longer than that, but that's the the theme, and it's him talking the way he talks, and it is insane. Those are his children. That's that's your that's who you want to be. Yeah, I really do. like. I feel that. Like, I've definitely purchased objects, and then like a few months later, I'm like, God, it's cursed. <laughs> Throw it out the window. Man, where were we? Okay, um, she does got a nice ass though. She does. So then there's like scenes of them filming, kind of some sexual tension. At one point, Harry Dean Stanton says, "Well, Gable's dead." As to say, Justin Theroux is the only leading man that could take this part. Yeah. And I like <laughs> his, his next last reference for a leading man that could play this role was Clark <laughs> Gable. A man that smoked a carton of cigarettes a day and died in like the 60s. Um, there is this one scene where they're, after all this like tension from others about the two of them hooking up, there's a scene where it's like they have a very sexy, suggestive drink together, and it's hyper flirty. And at least for me, I wasn't sure if it was their, like the actor and the actress, or that filming a scene until the end when the director says cut. And it's like this movie does a lot of that of like, what reality are we in now? And yes, there isn't. A correct answer. Um, I did read a quote from Lynch that I actually think that I think helps explain what he's going for, and I sort of like I like the quote, but I think the application is leaves something to be desired. He says about his movies in general. My response to viewers who are puzzled by the plot is, I don't think you're so puzzled as you may think. We all have a certain amount of intuition, and that is something that can be trusted and should be trusted. 
And so when you see something that's abstract in a film and you seem to be getting lost, the thing to do is to start talking to your friends. And they'll say something and you'll find yourself disagreeing with that and realize that you really had formed opinions and you had a scenario that made sense in your mind and that's valid. We know more than we think. And like... That almost makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I like And it sort of allows me to shift. Like, it makes me... It's easy to look at this and be like, this is pretentious Lynchian bullshit. But you can also frame it as, like, he's inviting you into this world and, like, wants... It's not... He's not trying to, like, show how crazy brilliant he is. Yeah, he wants it to be attainable, even if it is nutty. Yes. Um, and so that makes me, like, like him as a person a little more. Yeah. But no difference in how it makes me feel about his films. <laughs> um, because this movie has all that, where you have Dern is going to play, like, I don't know, anywhere from, like, three to, like, eight different characters, depending on how you measure them, and different realities and different times and is this the same person what's going on here um we don't know but as you watch it you do pick up threads and you start like asking yourself these questions and if that's what he's going for i guess he did a fair job i just don't think that's enough to go for now what do you think he would order at a bar i imagine a man's hat filled with absinthe with a single plum floating in it. <laughs> I can't and he would eat, that. I he know would you eat, want me to yes he, and here, but he I would, got nothing. He would eat the plum and then <laughs> push the hat back and demand a new, a whole new setup. Just to eat Fresh another plum. Yes. Oh, man. Do you think, like, the barback's just chugging half full of absinthe? <laughs> yeah, he chugs half a hat. He's just twitching in the basement. <laughs> you ever have absinthe? Oh, yeah. Um, I could probably tell this story. I used to work at a unnamed ice cream, fancy ice cream store in the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> old city Philadelphia. Let's, Whatever it might let's be. call it Scoop DeVille. And they used to <laughs> they used to make these uh, soda drinks because it was a soda fountain. And one of the, it, a lot of And them, Nick was a real jerk. I really was. <laughs> I was a senior jerk, thank you very much, mm. when I left. Um, they had different drinks and they had like different, very small ingredients. And one of the drinks had absinthe, but it was like three eyedroppers of absinthe just for that licorice like tint on the drink. And one day it was rainy and we were bored. And I thought, this isn't real absinthe. So I put a little in like a paper cone cup and I did two of them. I gave one to my friend and then we, we took them like a shot and we realized, oh no, this is real absinthe. And uh, then we bought a bottle of absinthe and had a big party with all of our coworkers. It was fun. That sounds very fun. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I saw the Eiffel Tower. Whoa. Yeah, I didn't. Were you even in Paris? <laughs> <laughs> I was just in my room chugging absinthe and I saw the Eiffel Tower. I was. We had gone, it was right after high school. Mm-hmm. And we went on a walking tour with our hostel. Yeah. And they were like, do you know, they've blown up now. You know the, um, the artist who does the little space invader mosaics yeah, on yeah. Like the sides I of follow him. buildings and stuff um he i think is he french yes yeah so he started in paris and at the time on our tour they were like we're gonna see three of these they showed us one they were like we're gonna see three more whoever spots each one gets a free drink at the hostel bar afterwards and i was like i want these drinks so i just yeah. stood at the front right next to the tour guide I was just like around every corner was like bam there i got all three i was yeah. the only person who had ever done that oh damn look at you <laughs> priorities <laughs> and went to the bar had the beers and they had absinthe and i was like oh we gotta try absinthe so we tried it and we made some friends and they were like, we're going to go see the Eiffel Tower all lit up. And in my mind, I was like, eh, I've seen it on, like, keychains and stuff. Like, I don't Come fucking on, care. Man. I really didn't. I was like, it feels so touristy. It's just a thing. Um, I had no desire. I was young. I was naive. Um, but whatever. Let's go along. Let's go for the adventure. And I remember being on, like, the light rail and rounding a corner and seeing it all lit up. And just it being like the most stunning thing I had ever seen. It's so good. Holy shit. It was just like 
everything was twinkly because of the absinthe. Then you cut your ear off and gave it to a hooker. It was so nice. Yes. I can't believe I told you about that. Well, glad they let it excuse me i'm glad she let you she let them i'm glad cut i'm glad she let the doctor sew it back on it's funny because i'm not going to edit out that part where i flubbed all those words yep too much work man anyway so at this point in the movie i put it on double speed because i couldn't do it anymore it it wasn't even that it was 11 p.m and i was like fuck this (laughs) i just Double, double, double. Three hours long. A full three hours. Not good. So this is where reality loosens, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. So her and her co-star have sex at this point in a blue room. Not sure if it's real. Mm-hmm. Laura Dern says some stuff. I don't remember what she said. Who I don't think it's shit? important. Um, she also has another different husband at this point, I think. Is, is it a different man, or is it just the same man, but he looks more... I'm not one of the two. Okay. It doesn't really matter. Um, at one point, she is kind of stumbling through realities, it seems, and she, like, lands in the table read from earlier in the movie. And during this table read, Harry Dean Stanton says, Hey, who's that over there? And it was her. Yes. And, like, the co-star runs over to see who it was and kind of just, like, chasing other Laura Dern through the set. And then, like, Laura Dern ends up in this hideous, like, grandma-carpeted mid-century modern hotel room that's also a house. And then she's, like, trapped in it and she can, like, see the dude through the window, but he can't hear her. And then she opens the door and then there's just a yard. And I think, like, that's where she lives with her other husband, the one who ran the off bad to one? the yes. Polish circus. The, the Pol- Polish circus husband. Yeah, and uh, listeners, if you're hearing this, you may think this sounds kind of cool, like almost like Memento or Inception. This like if this were like a short film. Puzzle. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> this or were if, this... Ten, ten, if this were 30 minutes long and it was just this shit, it would be great. I don't disagree. It would Hard be great. It'd be I better. watched the deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've seen the 30-minute yeah. version. Um... It, it's not like those films because it isn't coherent. It's not a good... It, it does this Lynch thing where he <laughs> has a cool idea. He wants to, like... It's a cool concept, and he has cool, like, ways to implement it. This, like, oh, Dern's actually also the woman at the table read, so it's, like, a time traveler thing or, a, you know alternate realities thing mm-hmm. um but there's no fucking payoff to any of it um and an- another quote i found that really gets at it um lynch is interested in constructing not a puzzle but the appearance of a puzzle and i think that's exactly right and also like i want give me a puzzle if you're gonna do this shit make it a reason other give it a reason otherwise it's all arbitrary and just fucking frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, <sighs> um, There's a woman with a screwdriver that also gets introduced around this point. Yes. She's she, very distraught. I, I think she might be the woman from the beginning. Maybe not. Oh, right. The I very beginning. The, like, the crying woman. And she also, the crying woman think, comes back occasionally yes. just to be shown crying. Yes. I think perhaps that is her. And, like, she's being interviewed by this dude, and she's basically saying, like, I am destined to murder someone yeah, with a she, screwdriver. She says she's been hypnotized. Yes, yes, hypnotized. And then I think she, I, she says, I'm destined to kill somebody, a movie star, maybe. She says that. And then the guy's like, what are you going to kill her with? And she says, a screwdriver, and then she unwraps this bandage around her abdomen to show a screwdriver just kind of into her jammed own into... sides. Yeah. Which, like, is the, ooh, a twist? I mean, She's that's... gonna kill someone, <gasps> but it's she her... has this, it was she her all was her along. along. This woman the doctor was his mom. <laughs> <laughs> she was Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> 
Frankenstein's monster. Mary Shelley's Chris Frankenstein's monster. So, uh, I don't even know. Laura Dern burns some holes in, like, a lace garment. There's more Russian. Uh, somewhat, there's, a, this is the first time we see beat up Laura Dern. And she's being interviewed by, I think, the same man that interviewed the screwdriver woman. If I think so. Different man, sure. doesn't matter. And she ba- basically every interview she has with him, she's just telling these awful stories. Like the first one, she's like, when I was little, there was this boy that was picking on me. So I ripped his eyes out of his head. And then when the EMT, and then like I twisted his balls when the EMT came, they were like, what'd you do to him? And she was like, I was just reaping what he sowed. And then they said, ah, you've been sowing some heavy shit or some such story. Yeah. She's kind of the most fun character. Yeah, I'm... Like, just make that movie. Yeah. Give me the movie with that turn or this turn or any of the turn. Don't make them all one turn. <sighs> and then like, they're Actually, in... don't do that because then we'd have to watch eight David Lynch movies. <laughs> God. They're in like, no man they're in like the they're back in the hotel room and there's a bunch of like women insulting her and she's crying and then they all start doing the locomotion yeah so these are um like some i remember these women from the deleted scenes these are they're prostitutes okay because i i remember they are all on hollywood boulevard then as prostitutes but it's less clear when they're in the i don't know i thought it was pretty clear i mean i guess there was you i know not your fault for missing anything. <laughs> I thought maybe it was just, like, the but extended group of her friends. No, she is presumably a prostitute with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all dressed like kind of cl- classic film streetwalker prostitutes. And um, she... Uh, the way they come in, it's like she enters this reality suddenly. Like, the lights flicker, and then they're all there. Mm-hmm. And some of these moments are, like, jarring and spooky and cool. Um, but then they're talking about they all know the same John that they all fucked. That's that's when we learn that they're prostitutes. And in just such a fucking Lynch style, they're all, like, talking about what a good fuck the guy is. Which... A group of prostitutes? I don't think that happens too frequently. Yeah, I feel like they don't talk shop a lot. Yeah, and then and when they do, it's not like, oh man, that guy was great. <laughs> you should try it's him like, out. Watch out for this guy. <laughs> and right, so Lynch. <laughs> and later, I think the next scene with them, they're showing each other their fake tits. Yes. Which again, just like, is he just sitting there jacking it, like writing? Does not masturbate. He, he meditates. He, he doesn't have to touch it. I think it's all a ruse. Transcendental. Transcendental. Transcendental masturbation. I don't care if I say it right. Doesn't matter. It's not real. Yeah, this movie is transcendental masturbation. Oh my Kevin god! Lynch is the only man I know who can <laughs> masturbate for three hours Through straight. <laughs> Every time someone watches this film, he comes. <laughs> uh, then we have a weirdo David Lynch picnic. Yeah, where, we her, do. where her weird carny mob husband just blasts an entire container of ketchup all over his white shirt, which is kind of hilarious. It's sort of funny. And he does it, and he looks at Laura Dern and says, where's the paper towels? And she's like, oh, they're right behind you. And you can see them sitting on a table. Like, and then right he doesn't clean it or change his shirt at all. There's just a bunch of weirdo David Lynch people there, including... Was one of those dudes that guy that plays, like, assholes in 80s movies? I don't know. Like, he was the bad guy in Flubber. <laughs> not the bad guy. I just recently watched Flubber. That's the only reason. <laughs> I do not recall the bad guy from Flubber. I think Flubber. he would have... He was the bad guy from Happy Gilmore. Oh, shit. Like, I think he was one of those guys, but he looked... He, they made him look terrible. Like, really? he looked like a heroin user. Like, Scott, yeah. he had a hat on so you, could, you couldn't see any of his hair. And he was just there kind of being rude, like, pushing people. And I was like, what is happening? Um... I will use this as an aside for a, oh, a gripe I have with kind of mainstream film and television. Mm-hmm. Is the subtle racism towards like Baltic countries and Russians. It's like, it's hard to think of any character from any part of that world that isn't like uncomfortable or lecherous or right, like thuggish. And this movie's no different. We have, like, this band of Eastern Europeans, and they're all, like, 
just really uncomfortable and threatening and menacing. They all and like yeah. Lynch didn't invent that trope. <laughs> it's an old one. I wonder. He, there's no way he wrote those that dialogue. He probably just said, "Speak Russian." Probably action. Yeah. Um, I will say one one that does better with it. Um, Stranger Things, the Russian yeah, guy. He was pretty he's good. Great. Okay, rib. Oh, spoiler rib. Oh, spoiler rib. <laughs> Drinking his little slushy. He's so happy. <laughs> I don't know where you want to go, man. Um, let's see. One more Dern, beat up Dern in the sort of interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's talking about how she beat it, beat the shit out of her man. Yes. And she says. Like, like he did something wrong, and she says, I was screwing a couple guys for drinks. No big deal. <laughs> this guy had a dick like a rhinoceros. <laughs> Is okay. that a positive or a negative? Uh, should we Google rhinoceros dick? Let's uh, find out. Let's take the listener on a journey. You know, you thought about it differently, because I thought his dick looked like a rhinoceros physically oh, no, I not think like a rhinoceros had... oh okay penis. well we're just gonna what does a, ri- what does a rhinoceros, rhinoceros look like penis. <laughs> big horny and beautiful is uh, the first man like, put that on my the tombstone wild nature institute <laughs> blog love that I'm saving that for later <laughs> oh wow Whoa. oh boy oh look at that it's like the <laughs> thing from alien <laughs> Oh, it looks like if you stripped a human arm of the skin. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It looks like... That's rough. If anyone's ever seen a flashlight, <laughs> if you remove the, <laughs> the flashlight casing, it looks like the rubbery insert, <laughs> which I know because a, a very proud roommate of mine used to, <laughs> to add one, take it out, and whip it around and hit you with it. <laughs> Great party trick. Ladies loved it. Hit you with his fuck bag. So yeah, like not the most um, aesthetically pleasing, but that's a powerful donger. It's you can you can move mountains with that thing. Yep. <sighs> We're going to get on the business end of that bad boy. Um. So there's a there's a dark no. She goes to a mansion, and Billy, her co-star, is there, and she's like, I love you. And then Billy's wife is like, what are you talking about? Like, nothing was real. Like, yeah, she is, she is the, delusional She is in the prostitute women. reality. And then, like, she kind of, she's in a wooded path in a beautiful dress, and then she gets a screwdriver because she sees this, like, oafish-looking Russian man that we only occasionally see on a, with a very lit face and very high shoulders. And now we're on Hollywood Boulevard. Wait. What? Who is Billy's wife? Is she the screwdriver yeah. woman, I think? Okay, yeah. sorry. I I knew so that, the, but... The woman who's going nuts with the screwdriver is now in this reality. Yes. The actor's wife, who I don't even remember. <laughs> Some shit happens. So basically whatever. she just screams like, this isn't the way it was. And then the rabbits come up and they say, this isn't the way it was. And Fun fact about the rabbits. Oh, yes. That was a different short film that David I Lynch did see shot, that, that was... and he just put it in here because eh, eh, fuck none it. of this needs to make any sense. He just he has a very sloppy editing room, and he just finds shit. And he's like, ah, put it in. Yeah. And then we're like in the we're in dingy like Hollywood Boulevard. You see stars on the ground, and Laura Dern just in case you didn't catch on, she says, "I'm a whore," very loudly. <laughs> and then all the prostitutes like point and laugh at her. And then she gets. Dad. No, she goes to a weird cabaret for a minute. And then she gives like one more paranoid interview, and then she gets stabbed. Like as she's like stumbling out of this weird interview chamber that's apparently like a, just a staircase away from dingy Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, and if anyone hasn't been to Hollywood Boulevard, this is accurate. Yeah, it is I mean it's such a it a looks right <laughs> dingy, sad place. Like compared the way that like in New York Times Square. Like cleaned up all the seediness yeah. in Hollywood. It's just like, oh, they, it's where do you think they put it all? Yeah, they, exactly. they got put it on a train, sent it out west <laughs> to be in the pictures. And then she like she just stumbles and falls between two, like like an older black woman and like a younger a middle age middle younger age Asian woman with like her black boyfriend. 
and they're just like kind of sitting on the street i think they're called street people in the credits yeah and then she just like falls and the lady the single lady's like man you dying and then laura dern's just kind of like there and then her and the asian the black lady and the asian woman just have a talk about like bus routes i guess to pomona and that that's it right like i kind of i'm not gonna lie i kind of skipped after the first minute of bus talk because i was like yeah and i saw like it kept going like they talked for seven minutes of the film yeah here's what i've got on that now two homeless women are talking about pomona and about how her cousin has a hole in her vaginal wall she also has a pet monkey meanwhile darren's spitting blood everywhere and she bleeds out and dies yes and And cut scene scene. laura laura that was great yeah (laughs) so it was all it was all the prostitute stuff was presumably the movie yeah Um, yeah, I think after this, I wrote the movie question mark, question mark, question mark. I hate it here. All the film. I hope this fictional movie is better than this. (laughs) And then she's just like sitting back on the couch, like the there where the earlier woman was pointing. And then that's it ish, right? Did I miss any big closing point? Did I miss Um... the, the part of the movie where everything makes sense at the end? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, no, you had to stay after the credits. They explain everything. Oh, in the credits, we see Laura Dern just hanging out with some people, including a one-legged woman. I'm not gonna. I don't we think she was one of the, the cast. Woman with the blonde wig yes. and the pet monkey. And oh yeah, and there is a pet monkey. The hole in her Who, vaginal wall. I, that monkey was the same monkey that was in David Lynch's very recent Netflix short film. Yes, because there's only one monkey in Hollywood. Um, and that yeah. monkey's name is. I wish I knew. Like, Return. I guess. <laughs> mon- That'll do. A monkey Hawkins skin oil. <laughs> um. Then like, oh, there's Dern kisses some woman on the mouth. Yes. And then disappears. And I think she like meets like, the like, crying literally woman. Vanishes. Oh right, is it the like at the end woman? she like I think she comes. She's like in the. She, like, walks into a movie theater and she's, like, on the screen, like, herself, like, right in the second she's in. And then, like, the movie screen becomes the TV screen, I think. Yeah. And then she, like, comes out of it and, ta- like, kisses, I guess, the crying woman. And then Dern just vanishes. Yeah. And that's... And, like, maybe there are themes here of... Maybe if you... Filmmaking, Maybe right? if you that's really such a masturbatory topic. And you watch this a bunch of times, you would catch more stuff. Yeah. Yeah, if you're really, if you're thinking about jumping into the old blue factory. Like, if you don't want to cut your dick off, but you want to suffer as much as possible, like, do that. Watch, watch this, this movie eight several times. several times. See what you can piece together. Um, yeah. One fun fact about this movie that should come as a surprise to precisely nobody is this film, and this is like, uh, a point of bragging for Mr. Lynch. This film was shot without a finished screenplay. No. Instead being largely developed on a scene by scene basis. No. Come on. No way. You're you're Josh. Uh, <sighs> what an utter like, living. Just make nightmare. the story that you don't want to give us. Lynch just you know what I take want him to do? Take these elements, take your creepy shit, take your weird looking people, and take your like plot points, like, oh, she's here in this world and in this world, and then don't release a film until you have like a narrative around that. Please. You know what I want? I want him to just, I want his next film to just be a boring vanilla ass rom-com with absolutely no elements of a david lynch film like m night Shyamalan's first movie what was his first movie i've no one seen it i don't even know what it's called but yeah it's like like i want that i just want i want either that family or i want him to make like a sitcom that's just like a laugh track regular sitcom and it's called lynch mob i don't want him to do anything well i don't care what he does as long as darren's not in it yeah Oh, one last little note. Uh, the casting for this movie was done by Jonah Ray. Not uh, that Jonah Ray. Wasn't it? 
can't. Oh, this yeah. is newer. Like really? Jonah, yeah, Jonah Ray. Like the Doing the this, current this casting. Yeah, I guess. Are you sure For it's the David, same Jonah Ray? I'm pretty like I mean, it's David Lynch movie. Yeah. I'm sure David Lynch doesn't have a normal normal dash regular casting person. But yeah, he other listeners or people in general might know him from uh, being the new uh, mystery science theater dude. Also being in a punk yeah. band and being Hawaiian. Pretty cool guy. I don't think it's the same Jonah Ray. We got, we got nothing. Well. I lied. Yep. Who cares? Um, nothing matters. Kill your a fun fact that isn't a lie. Lynch attempted to promote Dern's chances of an Academy Award uh, for Best Actress nomination uh, by campaigning in the middle of Los Angeles with a live cow. She was not nominated for the award. Well, at least he tried. Yeah. And, like, I think that gets it, like, yeah, like, this is ostensibly to campaign for Laura Dern, but all anyone's gonna, like, know about this weird thing is, like, David Lynch is standing on a street corner with a cow. Not, Laura Dern wasn't there, right? Like, yeah, she's does busy. This, that feels... Or was she? A little masturbatory. She was inside of the cow <gasps> i know how'd she do it she's so small she really deserved that nomination she did Ugh. imagine I, I would want a shower after that <clears throat> right being inside of a live cow yep yep what i'd want a shower i'll say i'm not proud oh jesus ah man that was really really something else exhausted yep oh so what's between your derns this this month <laughs> this month of being off so much oh i went on this little kick where i watched um a lot of kind of classic action comedies okay like stop or my mom will shoot drama comedies the the two i watched and I adored both. The two, my two favorites were both from the late 80s. Uh, one starring Michelle Pfeiffer and Matthew Modine with a young Alec Baldwin was Married to the Mob. Okay. About where Michelle Pfeiffer was married to a mobster and she's like just a typical mob wife. <laughs> and Matthew Modine is the fed who's trying to like crack into the bust bust the head of the mob and it's such a delight michelle pfeiffer is so fucking good i forgot that she's a really great actress um it's very fun it's very 80s it's got big hair it's very funny but like a good um story great chemistry love it love it and like older listeners would be like duh yeah everyone knows married to the mob um the other one, I, which I think is of a similar vein, where like people who watched movies in the late '80s would be like, "Yeah, everyone's seen Midnight Run," starring Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Is that his name? The the father from the Beethoven films. You know, Robert Downey just died. Senior. He did. Yeah. <laughs> also. Did we? Oh yeah, we talked about this off air. Bismarck he died. Um, Dusty Hill died. Who else died? Uh, no one good. Not Charles Grodin. Not Charles Grodin. Not a. He's either still alive or still dead. Uh, I don't know which one. William Faulkner. What? No, he's a writer. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Faulkner. Who am I thinking? I just he died forty years wait. ago. You you talk. I can, I need to look up who I'm thinking. Um. Midnight Run is so fucking good. If you want just, like, a super easy, enjoyable movie to love, it's, uh, Robert De Niro is a bounty hunter, and Charles Grodin's a, um, a mob accountant on the run. Uh, nice. And he's, like, just, like, a boring accountant more than anything, and, and it becomes an odd couple buddy road action comedy as like the mobs after them the feds are out everyone's after them and 
you know, they become the unlikeliest of companions. And it, it's it's got, like, planes, trains, and automobiles vibes. Oh, if I that love had, that. like, action. Um, great. Great, great movie. And, but, the one I really want to talk about. Yes. Uh, comes from one of my all-time favorite directors. A new show on the Home Box Office Network called The White Lotus. I've seen this. I've seen the... I saw a trailer and I, like, watched the materials. Uh, This is written, created, and directed by a friend of the pod, Mike White, who did um, Year of the Dog, the film you watched, and Enlightened, which we have not covered, but is Max's number one favorite show of all time, and now this is his second show. It's only got three eps so far, but it's so fucking good. He has... Just such an incredible way of capturing what people are really like. Like, he's able to highlight... It reminds me a bit of Robert Altman, of, like, Shortcuts that I made you watch, where he's offering us very flawed people without judgment and sort of with what feels like except maybe more than Altman what feels like a bit of empathy and understanding for why these people are like this and it is like oh deliciously funny the music is fantastic you got Steve Zahn who was big when you were just a a twinkle in your old man's eye Uh, Uh, Steve Zahn's back you know that thing you do a twinkle in the schwan man's eye (laughs) um it is a delight. The performances are great. I can't wait to see where it goes. It's just going to be six eps, so do it. So start now, and you don't have to wait too long to finish it. Oh, it's so wonderful. I can't wait. Season two of Ted Lasso is out. First episode, I found a bit underwhelming. I wonder if that show will be a victim of its own success and try too hard to I recreate the magic. But season one, loved it. I have not seen any of it yet. <sighs> I, last yesterday, last night at work, one of my coworkers was telling me I should watch the first season. Season one is great. Okay. It's great. It's got a heart of gold more than just about any show I've ever seen. Um, but at the same time, is funny and crude and has some really sexy British people in it. Ooh. That's what I like in a show. Yeah. Sexy Brits. Yeah. They don't make many of them, but when they make them, my God. The queen, look at her. <laughs> hey, she was sexy a hundred years ago. Yeah, that's true. Give or take. What do you got? Um, the person I was thinking of was none other than Norman Lear. Norman Lear, did he die? He is 99. Um, the reason he was on my mind is because I just watched a documentary the other day where, uh, if you're not in the obit, eat breakfast. It was a documentary made in 2017 by, um, a few people, but the main person was Carl Reiner. And it was about like, basically famous people that are still working in their nineties and one hundreds. Carl Reiner is one of them. Yes. And he just died recently, but yeah. Um, um, it was really neat. It was. I, it kind of wasn't a great documentary, but <laughs> it was neat seeing all these people. Like you know, Dick Van Dyke. I didn't know he's married to a forty-year-old lady, and they seem very happy. Get a dick. And it's. It was so many of these people just like being people still. Um, it's really nice. I have a fun little Norman Lear story, Ooh. and that's that when I worked when I lived in L.A. I worked for a nonprofit, and one thing I would do is open the mail for the company, mm-hmm. and one was. Uh, an invitation to Norman Lear's like Christmas party. Oh man! Just, you know, a non-profity like probably some event. I don't know that anyone actually had a personal relationship with him. And you went? Um, no, I didn't <laughs> go. But I, I gave it to my mom with her Christmas present. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I included an invitation nice. to Norman Lear's. <laughs> um. So on top of that, uh, I watched a very good movie I'd never heard of called Some Summer Rental. I think it's one of the, not the first, but definitely an early um, John Candy movie. Oh, really? Yes. And it was incredible. It's like, it's just like a, you know, dumb misfortune of like a man. He's a, a, uh, a flight router, like a, what do you call it? Air traffic controller. controller. Like he's like burnt out and he wants to go on a 
he doesn't want to, but they're like, you need to take a vacation. So he goes, like, rents a house, and, like, they go to the wrong house and stay there for, like, four or five days, and then the family comes, and they have to go to the real house, which is shitty. Uh. And it's just, like, all this, you know, they, there's their boat race, and, like, they become friends with um, Rip Torn, who's, like, a, a local personality. He's, like, a pirate man that runs a shitty restaurant. Oh. And they, like, make the restaurant, which is a boat, into the racing ship. It's a really good movie. It's early John Candy. It's so, so delightful. I want to see young Rip Torn. Oh, yeah. I and can't it, even picture him. I feel I like mean, he, it's, he's always he been... He looks like... He has the beard. He looks like Rip Torn, and yeah. he's a pirate. So that was really good. So we need more of those. I started watching BoJack, finally. Oh, really? I really? didn't know that wasn't... I have never done it, and my oh. God, do I love it. All of the <laughs> of animal puns. All of the self-hatred. BoJack. Of course, oh, so you many do. characters. I had no idea. I would have stopped this pod until you went and I watched think it. All. My favorite character so far is Charlie Witherspoon, the the gecko with the very squeaky voice who's always <laughs> messing up yes. and it's just always sticking to things. Uh, <laughs> How far along are you? I'm just coming into season two now. Okay. So it's I'm really loving it. I'm loving all of the relationships. The drug trip episode early on, like when he's trying to rewrite his book, is very, very intense. But I love it. Very yeah, good. It. It has like all the people it's in a it. Deeply dark show. Oh yeah, like it's hilarious, but also like ooh. It doesn't pull punches, except maybe until the last season. But we we can we cover that when we I, get there. I'm watching it pretty ravenously, so I'd say before we finish this podcast in five or six months, we yeah. I'll be I'll be done. Uh, I'm seeing Jimmy Buffett at concert. My first concert coming Ooh. up. Seeing the big JB. First concert, all time. All time ever. Nick's growing you know, up. You know, I've decided it's time to experience music. I've never listened to it. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> all those ones and twos and A's and B flats. I saw Jimmy Buffet. That sounds delicious. <laughs> I was making jokes about that last night. Of course you were. Jimmy Buffet. I'm going to take it all in. I guess the last big milestone I have to share is um, I went to the theater the other day and saw a real movie. <gasps> what did you see? I saw Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Oh. Made by the same folks that made the recent uh, Mr. Rogers documentary. My second favorite Roadrunner. <laughs> it's pretty good. And you know, the theme song was the Jonathan Richmond song, Roadrunner. Was it? It was a pretty good movie. That's my I third just... favorite Roadrunner. Nice. I just recently... The first is the Roadrunner. Just so <laughs> oh, yeah. clear. Meet me. Yeah. He's a great guy. I love that guy. But um, I recently, like... Midway through Pandemic Red, his first book, and I had never really, like, I had watched, like, Parts Unknown a little bit here and there, like, his shows when I was younger, but, like, I never really took it in. And, like, I read his first book, and now I saw this documentary, and it was really good. It was neat to see all this, like, footage, like, listen to his friends talk about him, and, like, how fucked up of a life he had. Yeah. My fourth is uh, the Gene Pitney song, Run, Run, Roadrunner, from the 1950s. Oddly enough, my sixth is the song Charlie Brown by The Coasters. (laughs) You know, same, same, same spiritual house. But yeah, it's a good movie. It's neat to see his relationships through different lenses. Gene and Pitney would dick stomp the coasters. Hey, but there's so many. You want to hear a, a great old crooner? Go listen like, to Pitney. There's like eight people in the coasters. They could murder him. That's true. Anyway, that's all I got. I did a lot of stuff. It's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. Four more of these, Max. Hooey! God damn. Well, you want to know what you're watching next week? I'm thrilled. You are going to be watching a little Dern. One episode of the sitcom Happy Endings. It was a three-season, early 2010s sitcom. I've heard of this. I have also heard of this. Do you know which app? Um, I do not off the top of my head. I did not do that much research. But you are watching that. And I... In my good graces, we'll be watching none other than Jurassic Park 3. What? She's in. Wait, which, when, what year is that? I think that would have been, actually, I think that one came out in 1997. And I think 3 was Lost World. Like, that's the one with, like, the T-Rex in Los Angeles. Or, like, San Diego, whatever. Yeah, I get 2 and 3 kind of blend together in my mind. Because I think 2 is the one where they... I don't know. Are there four? I really don't know. I'll figure it out. Because I think two is the one where they go to rescue the kids that get stuck on the island, or like the kid. Mm -hmm. And I think three is the one where like they bring the dinosaurs off the island to like San Diego to their like mainland US Jurassic Park park. What a terrible idea. Yeah. 
and uh, Goldblum's in it. You know, it's gonna be a time. Ooh, you got Taylioni. Ooh, oh, and William Ma- H Macy's Macy. super celebrity crush, and William H Macy, my other super celebrity. Crush. Okay, wait, no, this is the one where they go. This I don't think this one has the the U.S. park. I think this is the one where they go back and it's like really decrepit, and they go to like the pterodactyl exhibit. I think this is the one where they might rescue the kid. I re- it's it's been a while. Maybe I'll watch. This all- is the one where they rescue the kid. Okay, and I don't know what happens in the second. The second one, I think they just go back to try to do it again, and it it's doesn't work because you know. Yeah, I might also watch this. Yeah, I don't know that I. Maybe I never saw this one. I think I'd remember Taya. Yeah, we're getting down to the wire, my guy. We're doing it. My oh my. Happy endings indeed. Meat pie in the sky. <laughs> it's gonna be me. My ticket's gonna get punched. Okay, well, I guess that's all we got. Yeah, so go watch Inland Empire. Yeah, please. Can't, it's the best don't have enough movie. Good David things to Lynch say about is a visionary. He is, he's something special. He's so unique he's, and talented. He's a gatekeeper. He's a girl boss. And he's got a dick like a rhinoceros. Mm. God bless him, everyone. God bless him, everyone. <laughs> yes. And cut. See ya. And cut. See ya. Cut. By Dern. Cut. <laughs> cut. And cut. You gonna cut? You wanna split the Slim Jim with me? I really do not want to do Yes, that. I get a full Slim Jim. Oh. <laughs> wanna, wanna smash this box of taffy? Oh!